Hello and welcome to episode 278 of the official EstablishTheRent.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. As always, joined by Evan Silva. Jam-packed day today. A lot of news going on in the AFC. Trade deadline is coming up one hour from now. As we record this, we will have our eye on that. Evan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Lots and lots of stuff on this AFC podcast to deal with. Each Tuesday this season, Evan and I go team by team, highlighting the most important things we saw from a fantasy perspective and key takeaways. Before we get into it, two things. First, we are running a mid-season slash Halloween sale. Get access to our entire NFL product, projections, ownership, shows, props, Discord, everything from now until the Super Bowl for just $149.99. Just an absolutely absurdly low price, but so be it. Second, this show is brought to you by our friends at prizepicks.com. If you're in New York, California, Texas, a bunch of other states that don't have legal sports betting, but you want to bet props, prize picks is your answer. You can bet their props in parlay form. We also have a table up each week to compare our projections to prize picks. If you want to give them a try this week, they have 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. Use promo code ETR to get the best deal. Again, be sure to use promo code ETR to get the best deal at prizepicks.com. All right. Let's get into it with the AFC. Baltimore Ravens were on a bye. They will come out of their bye home against the Vikings. I have an eye on Sammy Watkins' status because I think that could affect Rashad Bateman or at least make it a little bit more muddled for Rashad Bateman. But anything you're looking at with the Ravens as they come out of their bye? Yeah, Sammy Watkins should be back. Latavius Murray should be back to further muddy that that terrible backfield that we all hate. Mm -hmm. Um the Ravens, I think, are now equipped to play pass-first offense. You know, clearly, their running game – I mean, I, their, their running game really has shown no signs of life. They're, they've lost some offensive linemen, some key ones, including Ronnie Stanley. You know, they've got a bunch of scrubs in the backfield. Tyson Williams is the only explosive member of the backfield, and they simply don't trust them to be anything more than, you know, a rotating guy who plays maybe 20 snaps at most. Uh, but now they've got Rashad Bateman, a first-round pick, Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins coming back, Mark Andrews. Lamar Jackson has been throwing the ball at one of the best clips of his entire career. I think they are truly equipped to be a team that is, you know, top 15 in terms of pass rate. And we saw them be like top 20 in the first half of the season. I think that it could rise even more uh, because that's what they do best offensively at this stage in their current state. Yeah, and that's insane. I mean, if you think that, they're going to be top 15 in pass rate over expectation. Lamar Jackson is going to project, I mean, off the charts. Like, absolutely off the charts in this home game against the Vikings. So, you know, I mean, I agree with you, you know, that 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 they are equipped to do so. We'll see if they do it because the more dropbacks means we can project more scrambles. I mean, it's just Lamar is just set up to have a monster second half. Bills. So I don't have a lot on the Bills. I, I didn't. I was kind of hoping, and I didn't really believe it, but I was maybe hoping we'd see a role change for Gabe Davis in the first game without Dawson Knox. Didn't really happen. But next they play the Jaguars. I mean, everybody can go ham. And freaking Geno Smith went ham on the Jaguars. Josh Allen is going to absolutely shred them. What'd you see out of the Bills win? They kind of started slow in that game against the Dolphins, mm -hmm. but Josh Allen ended up getting there late. Yeah, we, we were kind of on Cole Beasley. Uh, that yeah. last week in the absence of Dawson Knox and he ripped it up. I mean, he, I think had like 11 for 110. Um, you pull Dawson Knox out of the middle of the field 
and you up the, um, you know, the usage of wide receivers as opposed to tight ends. And Cole Beasley all of a sudden becomes a full-time player, and he's really hard to cover uh, in the interior sections of the field. Tommy Sweeney, though, did pretty much jump right into the Dawson Knox role, drew four targets. He's not nearly as good of an athlete as Dawson Knox, but he's not a terrible athlete. And he actually, at Boston College, was a better uh, receiver than I, um, than I uh, recalled. So I don't think he's going to be a terrible um, sort of streamer here in week nine against the Jaguars. Josh Allen, who we had as the number one fantasy quarterback entering the season, number one overall fantasy quarterback in terms of points per game through week eight. Um, I wanted to say if you're in a super flex or two quarterback dynasty league, you should stash Mitchell Trubisky, not only because and, and bear with me on this. Okay. Not only because if something happened to Josh Allen, Mitchell Trubisky would be straight sex in, in fantasy uh, in the second half of the year because this offense is so quarterback friendly. But, you know, and Daniel Jeremiah has mentioned this, that Mitchell Trubisky is going to get a starting job in the NFL next year. That's what the feeling among NFL executives. And that case is bolstered by the fact that this quarterback class the incoming college quarterback class is terrible. I mean, it's so bad that people are like betting on Caleb Williams, Oklahoma, true freshman quarterback, like making smart bets on him to win, win Heisman, to win the Heisman because there are no other, you know, upperclassmen quarterbacks stepping up. Um, so I, I, Mitchell Trubisky, I think, is a, a super smart stash in uh, two quarterback super flex, especially dynasty leagues. Uh, if you're playing two quarterback dynasty or, or super flex dynasty, we can confirm that, you know, have no sex anyway. So it doesn't really, it, it doesn't really matter anyways. Okay. Bengals. <laughs> Joe Mixon, you know, uh, it was a really good spot for Joe Mixon. Obviously like the Jets played better than I thought, but it was still a really good spot for Joe Mixon. And his usage was really good. hundred percent of the running back carries 71% of the running back targets. Joe Mixon ran 23 routes. Samaj P Ryan ran. 11, but it was encouraging. Even You know, I understand that Chris Evans was out, but P. Ryan was still in there and it was encouraging to see Mixon get 71% of the running back targets. Big game for him, even though he wasn't great from efficiency. I mean, mm -hmm. dude's going to score touchdowns. What you see out of the Bengals uh, game, I, I mean, embarrassing loss to the Jets. Yeah, well, um, with Joe Mixon, you know, that, that that's why the, the receiving work, that's why we harp on it so much because in games where he only rushes for 33 yards, if he can get propped up by five catches, that's going to absolutely save his fantasy day and maybe even turn like what was a legitimately bad day on the ground into a legitimately good fantasy box score. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we that's why we key on that so much. You know, people be like, oh, he doesn't even need to catch passes against the Jets, you know. But rushing is an inefficient way to play generally speaking in the NFL and that carries over to the box score. And when I went, when you're able to pad your stats with five catches for 58 yards or whatever he had, I mean, that's, that's massive. Browns. I, I don't know what to say about Odell Beckham anymore, man. I mean, 29 games as a Brown, he'd been under 30 receiving yards in 10 of them. I mean, over a third of the games under 30 receiving yards. I mean, like, like 
Kendrick Bourne gets more than 30 receiving yards. I mean, Odell, and, and I don't know if you noticed, uh, Odell's dad made an Instagram post oh, yeah. uh, showing all the times that he was open and Baker didn't throw it to him and stuff like that. I mean, it's bad. And, and there's and an hour. the ball to... behind him, too. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a serious indictment. Right. And maybe he does need to change the scenery, or maybe he's just done from the injuries, or, or maybe he was just never that good in the first place. I don't know. But either way, it doesn't seem like they're going to trade him. I mean, LeBron James is tweeting to free Odell. Um, you know, so I don't know what's going to happen there. I really don't. But I, I don't feel comfortable starting Odell in season long even anymore outside of no. like maybe like the absolute stone cold nut matchup. So, yeah, what do you see out of the Browns? Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, Dearness Johnson actually played like a, a- – Slightly lesser version of the Kareem Hunt role. He ran more routes and had more targets than Nick Chubb. Yeah. So, and I don't, Kareem Hunt, it seemed like his injury was kind of bad. I don't know what we'll see. Like it's not, and he went on IR and that's typically like a three week absence, but it seemed like his might be more like a five week absence. So, and although Dearness Johnson only had five touches in this game, he, he was involved. He scored a touchdown. Um, you know, he's going to have a role in the offense. I think he, he needs to stay on season-long rosters and even in a – and it's probably a desperate uh, flex option moving forward. Yeah, I uh, – uh, we're in that Roto World Dynasty League and, like, I you know, I don't really make pickups hardly ever, you know, for yeah. whatever. But then I, I saw that Dearness Johnson was on waivers before the game two weeks ago. We had a $1,000 budget. I think I bid, like, nine ninety on Dearness Johnson. Just <laughs> So made sure I got him. But I'm happy to have him, man. Shout out yeah. to Dearness. And then yeah. you don't have to make pickups for the rest of the year because exactly. you have no money left. So and now we're talking. <laughs> Kills two birds with one stone right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Denver Broncos. I-, I was surprised that the return of Albert O really affected Noah Fant. Like, Noah Fan only ran 21 routes on 31 Teddy dropbacks. He's been running closer to 100% while Albert O has been back. Albert O ran 12 routes in this game. Wasn't great for Fant. Jerry Judy returned, and yeah, he only played 38 out of 53 snaps, but 24 routes on those 31 dropbacks I think is fine. I mean, Jerry Judy is earning targets, man. Jerry Judy's only ran 48 routes this season. Remember, he got hurt in week one. So now total, he's ran 48 routes, 11 targets on 48 routes. So like nice. if he can ramp up his health, I mean, Jerry Judy's going to ball, man. So yeah, it was good to see him back. What'd you see out of the Broncos? Garrett Bowles, their stud left tackle, high ankle sprain. That's going to hurt. Uh, I think this Von Miller trade out of Denver to the Rams does not bode well for Vic Fangio's future as the Broncos head coach. I don't think that this is a, ma- this is a move that Vic Fangio would have made. You know, the Broncos are four and four. Like they're still technically kind of in the mix. Um, I think it was a good trade by George Patton, their new GM. They got what the Rams second and third rounders next year. I mean, that, for a guy who's you know thirty one and uh, his contract is up after this season, I think it was a very savvy move by the Broncos from a forward thinking perspective. But I don't I don't think it bodes well for Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer and all those guys to come back as the coaches as the coaching staff next year. Um, I've got a, a, a main event team where we're in first place in our league, or no, we're in first in points and we're five and three, and we've got Javante Williams, mm-hmm. and we have just been praying that Melvin Gordon gets traded. Uh, we are recording this at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, which is, I think, less than an hour before the deadline. Yep. Yep. So I don't, I don't think it's probably going to happen, but – Hoping, hoping. Yeah. And, uh, and, and if he were to get moved out, free Mike Boone as the number two. RB. Oh, baby. 
Oh, baby. Um, yeah, I'll say two things. Von Miller trade to me, I mean, no brainer, awesome deal for the Broncos. Like you'd have to be insane not to make that deal. Uh, if you're the Broncos, yeah, the Broncos are four and four. Their four wins have come against the Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, and the Washington football team. Like they're not actually four and four. Like th- that's not even like. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're, they, they're four they, and four. They just they beat a bunch of crappy teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're um, not very good. We know that. We, right. They're not very good. But Vic Fangio probably thinks they're you know decent. Right. Um. And on Melvin Gordon, I, like the Von Miller stuff is great for Javante Williams. Like it's just so much more likely that they're going to be, you know, four and 10 and Jav- they're just going to let Javante go ham. Like why would Melvin Gordon want to? He's going to be going into another contract uh, year situation. Like he shouldn't want to be touching the ball 15, 20 times in a game for a really bad team. So yeah, I'm still super optimistic on Javante. Uh, Houston, you know, I don't know. We don't really talk about this, but I was actually shocked by how little they used David Johnson. Like Mark Ingram was gone. They were getting wrecked the whole game. And David Johnson actually set a season low in snaps. Like he played less with Mark Ingram gone. Just 11 out of 61 snaps for David Johnson, Burkhead, Scotty Phillips, Phil Lindsay all played ahead of him. Other thing I'd say is like, I mean, what are they doing not trading Brandon Cooks? Like they, I, there was a report and it was probably bullshit, but like, you know, they were trying to say they wanted to build around Brandon Cooks. Imagine saying you're rebuilding a team. You want to build around a 28-year-old speed wide receiver with five known concussions. I mean, it makes no sense. So... Maybe they'll trade him in the next hour here or so, but I kind of doubt it. They're just such stone-cold donkeys. Anything on the Texans? And Cooks keeps getting it done, too. I mean... Oh, he could help a team. That's what I'm saying. Trade him and let him him help a team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Okay. Colts. It's so concentrated now to Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Like, I thought that in this game, which we talked about, was a really big game for them against the Titans. They needed to win to get back in the race. Maybe this was a spot where they would expand Jonathan Taylor's role. That's what happened. Like, JT played a ton. He had, like, 60 yards worth of rushing, get called back by penalty. Also, Pittman was a beast. Shout out to the Bible narrative. T.Y. Hilton did go down with a concussion, but he's, like, a non-factor anyways. But this is a tough loss for them, man, because now they're they're – pretty far back of mm-hmm. the Titans, but now the Titans lost Derrick Henry. So maybe that, you know, the light's mm-hmm. still on for them to win mm-hmm. the division. So yeah. What yep. do you think about the Colts? Yeah. And the Colts get the jets this week. Mm-hmm. So the Colts could start to make some headway, even though they, yeah, man, they needed that one. I needed that one last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, again, the, the Pittman chemistry with Carson Wentz is just off the charts and it's not going to stop because without T Y Hilton now, Zach Pascal and Ashton Doolin are the Colts numbers two and three receivers. I mean, they, they have talent issues in Indianapolis. I mean, that, that's legitimate. Oh, for sure. I'd rather see Scratchin out there. Shout out team preseason. I'd rather see Mike Scratchin out there than uh, Doolin. Or, is, yeah. is that how it's pronounced? I have no idea. But it, it <laughs> Neither do I. Played him a bunch in preseason. Every time I see it, I think Strahan. But, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, we were on the wrong side of the Friermuth versus Dan Arnold bet by 0.4 DraftKings points. Dan Arnold played 55 out of 76 snaps, 39 of them slaughter wide, had 10 targets for Dan Arnold. He finished 868-0 with some garbage time stuff, beat Friermuth again by 0.4. I mean, yeah, you know, all, the bits all aside, like Dan Arnold's usage is awesome right now. And obviously Friermuth is just such a red zone beast. We'll get to him in a second. Other thing with Jacksonville is James Robinson got hurt. Uh, he's day-to-day going forward. We'll have an eye on that. But yeah, I mean, just an ugly loss for the Jaguars. They come out of their bye. They're all excited. They go to Seattle, play Geno Smith, and they get trounced. Yeah. Fryermuth was still the alpha play. He scored a touchdown. His team won. Arnold <laughs> had to rely on garbage time to, you know, get to get there. So, Leone, you could you could keep your 0.4 <laughs> point win, all right? Um, 
No, but uh, it's so weird with these, these Jaguars are so weird. It's like they would prefer to feature these scrap heap, Jamal Agnew, Carlos Hyde, you know, over inherited talent, Um, like, you know, James Robinson or uh, LaVisca Chenault. And I think it just speaks to the ego of Urban Meyer and, and, or Trent Baalke, or, you know, we, we know that these guys have massive egos and they would rather, you know, try to prove themselves right with Jamal Agnew and Carlos Hyde than like LaVisca Chenault. And it's very, very frustrating. Speaking of frustrating, we got to go to the Chiefs, man. I asked you last week, what's wrong with the Chiefs? Is the offense going to get it back on track? They get a home game against the Giants on, on a long week. And their offense does not look great again. And I'll submit this, man. Like, beyond Tyreek Hill, if we think the age model has caught up to Travis Kelsey. And by the way, Travis Kelsey, 32 years old, 427-0 last night, just has not looked nearly as reliable or as explosive as he's been over the last, I don't know, two or three years. I mean, beyond Tyreek Hill, like, they're really lacking weaponry. Like, really, really badly. I mean, they don't trust McColl. Kelsey has the age model. I mean, all they have is basically Tyreek. They don't even have CEH, which whatever. I don't know if that matters or not. But yeah, I mean, what's your optimism on Chiefs turning explosive again this season? Um, I- I'm staying optimistic, but I mean, there there are real concerns, and you can tell by what the Chiefs are doing. Like they're trying to shuffle in guys. Derek Gore yeah. last night, like started out the game as their feature back, getting money touches in the red zone. Almost out of nowhere, I went back and looked at Derek Gore's, uh, like his profile. He he started at Alabama, but he couldn't get playing time there. So he goes to Louisiana Monroe. Wasn't very good at Louisiana Monroe. Maybe he's a good athlete. No. Ran a 4.68 uh, coming out at like 2.06. I mean, that that is a brutal speed score. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually they went back to Daryl Williams and – you know, McKinnon mixed in a little bit, but hardly at all. And then, uh, I mean, you and then you see them shuffling around like Blake Bell's getting a bunch of playing time. Byron Pringle was like the number two receiver uh, in, in last night's game. And you're right. I mean, they, you know, Tyreek has been banged up. Travis Kelsey has not looked uh, as, a, as dynamic as he has been in, in previous years. Travis Kelsey has 65 yards or fewer in four of his last five games, only one touchdown since week two. So, I mean, they're, they're shuffling. Patrick Mahomes under six yards for pass attempt in five of the Chiefs' last seven games. I mean, that that is not what you expect from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's really, really bad for them right now. Like, who would you rather have right now, Hawkinson or Travis Kelsey? And by the way, the, the Chiefs have a reasonable spot against the Packers at home next. I'd rather have Kelsey, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I get why some people might say Hawkinson. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Las Vegas. So they were on a buy uh, expecting Darren Waller back this week. Cause it sounded like he was pretty close to playing in the game before their buy. Uh, but we'll see, obviously if Waller can't go Foster Moreau will be a very strong play. They play at the giants. This Henry Ruggs thing, man, this broke uh, maybe two hours before we went on the air. Sounds like Henry Ruggs is going to be charged. Uh, in a really bad DUI situation where someone died. And so, uh, you know, I don't think we have to talk about the fantasy fallout now, but really bad situation for Henry Ruggs. Anything else on the Raiders as they come out of their bye? No, I think that, um, well, we, we should anticipate back Darren Waller. Uh, yeah. But 
Yeah, I mean, if if you know, based on the information that we have at this point, I mean, I, it's hard to imagine Henry Ruggs playing a down again in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and we'll we'll get some more information on that for sure as it goes on. Um, but yeah, really bad situation there with Henry Ruggs. Chargers. Bad loss for the Chargers, man. Like, I was so optimistic on the Chargers. I had all these Staley Coach of the Year bets. And then, he, you know, Herbert wasn't great. I don't know if he got owned by Bill Belichick or what. And another slow game for Big Mike Williams, I think, is getting to be somewhat of a concern. But we can see, you know, Patriots can play defense, man. They can scheme defense. Maybe it's just a blip. What do you think out of the Chargers' loss to the Patriots? Yeah, well, Justin Herbert hasn't played particularly well in back-to-back games now. Now they were against Baltimore and New England. Um, you know, Wink Martindale and Bill Belichick, like it doesn't get a whole lot tougher uh, than that. Yeah. So I, I'm willing to give him a pass. I mean, I, I think we kind of anticipated that the, that Bill Belichick was going to make sure that Mike Williams did not beat him for big plays and was going to give up a lot of stuff in on the interior to Keenan Allen. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Keenan Allen had a nice game. I think he had like 11 targets, six for 77 and a touchdown. Um, you know, sometimes these situations are, are foreseeable. I'm not worried about the Chargers offense going forward, though. Eagles next for the Chargers and then Vikings. So two pretty good spots coming up for Justin Herbert to get back on track. I'll certainly be back in on the Chargers in tournaments this weekend. Dolphins. So Devontae Parker comes back. I mean, we, we've talked about it. Like, you can't trust Devontae Parker to stay healthy. You can't st- trust him to stay healthy in a game. But he comes back. and I mean, dude's an alpha. You know, 28% target share in his first game back. It, it's not great for Mike Jasicki when Devontae Parker plays. Mike Jasicki only saw four targets in this game, which sucked. Patrick Laird, a uh, friend of, of course, Overzet and Maddox. Patrick Laird was up with Malcolm Brown down. And Patrick Laird, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but he ran eight routes. Savan Ahmed ran eight routes. And so what you end up with is that uh, Miles Gaskin only ran 21 routes on 48 to a dropback. So, like, it's not great for the pass catching stuff for Gaskin when Laird is active what you see out of the Dolphins loss to the Bills. Yeah, I mean, they just got owned by a, a much better team. Um, you know, the Bills are playing great defense, very good offense. You know, not, not surprising that the, Bill, that the Dolphins weren't, weren't really able to stay competitive for the whole game. They, they were competitive early, but that was only because the Bills hadn't gotten rolling yet. Um, now they face the Texans, though. And kind of a strange time because of the, the of the ongoing Dolphins Texans trade trade rumors regarding Deshaun Watson, even to some extent, Tua. But it looks like that's definitely not going to happen. Yep, it's dead. Um, yeah, so now it's going to be a good spot for Tua. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm sure he's going to be someone we'll be talking about on Friday. Yeah, I mean when Tua has all all the dudes, I mean when he mm-hmm. has Waddle, Parker, Jasicki, like and Gaskin, like it's actually pretty good weaponry, and obviously against the Texans home run spot. Uh, Patriots. Um, I don't have a lot to say on the Patriots. You know, Ramondre Stevenson was back active for this game. So it was just like a one-week punishment for all the pass pro issues that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago. J.J. Taylor was down in this game. Anything on the Patriots? Good win for them out in L.A. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, I mean, this is the formula that, with which they want to win, pounding the rock. Damian Harris, despite Ramondre Stevenson coming back, had 23 touches his most since week one. I think he's, you know, uh, he also had a, a second touchdown called back by penalty. He is, I think, has regained the, the clear trust of the Patriots coaching staff. And really, I mean, he has made a lot of mistakes too, 
and they've stuck by him. And that's good for people that are using him in fantasy. The Jets, I mean, what a performance by the Jets. Um, I somehow, I, I didn't realize everybody was taking the Bengals in Survivor. I just like, I, I just randomly took the Rams instead. And now like I'm in pole position in Survivor thanks to the Jets. Shout out Mike White. I didn't think it was possible with no Corey Davis, with no Mekhi Becton, with like all the problems that the Jets have for Mike White to throw for 400 yards and three touchdowns against the Bengals. Like I, I, I didn't think it was possible. I saw like somebody was tweeted that somebody had 125 to one ticket on Mike White to lead the uh, week in passing yards this week, which hit. I mean, I, totally insane. Mike White's thrown 77 passes this year. 23 of them have been to Michael Carter. You know, obviously no Tevin in these last two games, but still, I mean, he's just checking down to Michael Carter so much. This game is Thursday. Um, I assume Mike White's going to start again. I, I haven't been following Zach Wilson's injury too closely, but anything on Mike White and the Jets, how sustainable is this? It's not sustainable, um, but we, we know what Mike White is now. And I mean, that is like the greatest check down passer in the history of the NFL because he had the lowest a dot of any starting quarterback in week eight as well. I mean, what, what's going to happen is, um, you know, defense are just going to be able to squat on this offense and make it hyper condensed and defenses that can actually tackle like the Colts are going to make the, the Jets offense look bad. I mean, the, the Bengals need to really need to, you know, work on the, the Oklahoma drill or, you know, something to get their, uh, get their tackling up. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were just letting him throw to Crowder and Carter, you know, and that's like right. all that he could do. I mean, how could you let him do that? But yeah. And we got a question from somebody that uh, on Sunday morning that, you know, they kept landing on Jamison Crowder when they were building their lineups. I hope that they stuck with him because dude had what, eight yeah. for 84? Yeah, solid game for Jamison nice. Crowder for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, we already talked about Fryermuth a little bit, but like, you know, when Ebron's out, you know, like uh, Fryermuth caught seven targets for 20.5% share. He actually had two other targets that were called back by penalty. He ran 26 routes on 39 Big Ben dropbacks, 444 one result for Firemuth. I mean, we talked about it. This dude's a natural-born touchdown scorer. 25 touchdowns in his first two seasons at Penn State as a true freshman and true sophomore. I tweeted, uh, you know, somebody, I think Amico put out the highlight of Firemuth's touchdown. I mean, it looks crazy. It looks like a ridiculous touchdown catch. That's what he does. I mean, he like mosses people in the end zone. So excited for Firemuth, excited mm -hmm. for Penn State. We'll see what Ebron's status is going forward. But like, I have no problem starting Pat Firemuth going forward anything else you saw out of the Steelers yes uh sticking with the bye Chase Claypool take uh he played 97 percent of the Steelers snaps in week eight and I mean it's clear that he is now locked into two receiver sets he's not coming off the field he needs mm -hmm. to be a huge part of their offense they're back to manufacturing run plays for him obviously he has the deep ball ability um so, yeah, buying Chase Claypool absolutely ha as a candidate to have a monster second half of the year. By the way, uh, Brandon Thorne's midseason update to his offensive line rankings are going to be up in the in-season package uh, this week uh, soon. And um, I'm curious to see where he has the Steelers because, like, there's a lot of rhetoric that Steelers' offensive line is playing better. I, I just don't know that it matters that much for Najee Harris. He's on pace for 311 carries and 90 catches. Like, it's so absurd. He's fantasy's running back three in points per game. And so, you know, I think the offensive line, maybe you could say they've played better, but either way, I mean, when Najee's getting this kind of volume, it's just ridiculous. All right. Titans, Evan. And um, I know you didn't want to get the big dog fade right this way. We never want to win on injuries, but it sounds like the big dog, unfortunately, 
is going to miss the entire season. And like running back injuries don't usually affect teams that much, but the Titans build through entire team through Derrick Henry. And so they're like, hmm, what should we do now that Derrick Henry's out? Oh, let's get Adrian Peterson, who I guess has like the same style as Derrick Henry. But man, you can't run your offense through Adrian Peterson the way you're running it through Derrick Henry. So to me, the winners are Jeremy McNichols, A.J. Brown, Julio if he can get healthy, Ryan Tannehill. But yeah, let's talk fallout from Derrick Henry injury. How do you think the Titans play it going forward? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that ultimately the Titans are going to have to change the way that they play offense. And they're not going to admit that publicly. Mike Vrabel was asked that specific question in a presser this week. And he said, no, you know, we're not plenty of teams uh, succeed by, you know, running uh, running back by committee. They'll have two and three backs and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to change the way that we play. They're going to have to change the way that they play because, I mean, they're on defense, they can't stop anyone. and they're going to find themselves in negative game, games. It's a huge win for A.J. Brown. It is an absolutely huge win for A.J. Brown. Um, and I, I'm with you. I, you know, I, I was talking about Daigle does the, the waiver wire column for NBC Sports Edge. And I asked him, you know, who's the number one pickup this week? Who do you have as number one pickup this week? He said Adrian Peterson hands down. But I think that you can make a – an argument that Jeremy McNichols, especially Darrington Evans is out for the year now too. Yeah. Yep. So Jeremy, it's a shame so, because Darrington Evans, I had a bunch in best ball and I was like, man, if Derrick Henry gets hurt, I'm going to have something. And now Derrick yeah. Henry gets hurt and I don't have Darrington Evans. Yeah. And McNichols has popped up for some, I mean, he's had some big receiving games this year. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that he is, a, I mean, he, I think he's an excellent pickup in PPR. Ferkser, we might see a little bit more from Ferkser. Ferkser's done nothing by the way. I mean, yeah. he's, He's really, really struggled. But, I mean, it also it, it goes back to the, the thinness of the Titans' offense, really their team, but especially on offense that, you know, there's just a massive drop-off from their starters. I mean, they, you know, Julio Jones out, they're running out Nick Westbrook-Akine yeah. as a full-time player at, at number two receiver. You know, they, they just have so little depth. Yeah. And I mean, AJ Brown was coming on anyways. Like AJ Brown had gotten over his early season nagging injuries or whatever. And he's been one of the best receivers in the NFL over the last, I don't know, two and a half weeks or so anyways. So yeah, obviously AJ Brown uh, will be getting a bump in our rest of season top 150, which will be out tomorrow. All right. We said it all. If you're listening on YouTube, be sure you hit that subscribe button for us. It's free. We appreciate it. Same thing on iTunes or anywhere else you find this podcast. We appreciate it. For Evan. For Jerry, for producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.